When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Ooh, Bosco's boys. Come on, boys. Boom, the boys are back and it is time for a little bit of a Friday episode. All sorts of good stuff. You got two undefeated basketball teams in conference play. Sitting in ties for first place in the Big 12 Conference. The best conference for both men's and women's basketball. Um, some, some good times. We'll wrap up talking a little bit about um, possibly, quite possibly, a big time transfer portal pickup. Something that I have my eye on. Uh, and it's going to be fun. Uh, I hope everyone had a chance to listen to the episode I did with Jimmy on Wednesday talking about uh, K-State's addition of Matt Wells to the staff and uh, what he saw from Connor Riley in the bowl game and what we can be looking forward to uh, when it comes to the offense here moving forward uh, to 2024 and beyond. I thought it was a great show. Um, If you're interested in at all about the future of K-State's offense, which you should be. Um, I think it was a great lesson. For this one, we will be uh, diving into K-State's win on the road at West Virginia, looking a little bit at the Texas Tech game. Then we will move on just quickly, briefly touching on K-State women's basketball, uh, taking down Oklahoma, looking at the game with Texas and how Uh, Things are laying out for them in the Big 12 race. And like I said, we will end talking about K-State football. Now, no crazy news. We we do want to give a shout-out to David Castillo, who was named to the Nike Summit team um, amongst the 15 best uh, players in the 2024 uh, men's basketball class. So, again, uh, that young man uh, who who was with Clint Stewart in Bartersville, uh, now it's Sunrise Christian in Wichita, um, off to a very hot start for his senior year and, and some great recognition for him. Um, it's about to get really cold, uh, so everyone please stay warm. Then also, hey, look, uh, we're what, 12 days into the new year? Uh, this has nothing to do with K-State sports, but you know if you're trying to start any new change, if you're trying to do resolutions, if you're trying to do really anything in 2024, keep going at it, man. Uh, keep going at it. I believe in you. Um, before we get going, talking about the cold weather, this is Charlie Hustle fleece weather if I have ever seen it. I am rocking my Charlie Hustle crew neck, my Charlie Hustle joggers. Basically, like I said, now until at least April, and then you know maybe I'll I'll keep the crew necks going and I'll put on real pants. But I am cozy. It's keeping me warm. It is so comfortable. I got my mom. Shout out to my mom. Um, a Charlie Hustle is a KU crew neck. So I'm sorry about that. But she she texted me. She said you're not kidding. These are the most comfortable crew necks in the world, folks. I, I'm I'm not kidding. If you haven't. Purchased one, and even their hoodies. Their hoodies are so nice as well. 
Get over there. Buy one. You will thank me later. Also, they just dropped their brand new five-piece collection, K-State basketball stuff. Slam at the Bram. A nice little you know, three-quarter sleeve raglan with, with kind of that old swishing basketball with the Paracat. Uh, you have that great hoodie that we all saw Jerome Tang wearing. A long-sleeve team T, here come the cats. I, you know, when I saw that T-shirt, all I could think about was, uh, you know, Mitch Fortner on, on the PA. Um, so I absolutely love it. Check out the entire collection. Lavender craze shirt. Oh man, with the old school Shaggy Wildcat logo. Oh, it is literally the perfect basketball collection. I'm gonna have all five pieces, uh, and that, that's why I'll be rocking again. If you act fast, you you have to act fast. Remember, next Saturday in Bramlage versus Oklahoma State is the Lavender for the Legends game. So you're supposed to be wearing lavender. So grab one of the K-State basketball lavender pieces from Charlie Hustle. If you order it today, you might be able to get it in time for Saturday so you can rock it in Bramlage like I'm going to be. All right, let's get into it. K-State basketball versus West Virginia. Uh, West Virginia. Uh, nice uh, win. I, I think that was the biggest uh, road win we've had in West Virginia since maybe 2019. I believe that was Tang's biggest road conference win in his early K-State career. Uh, look, uh, at the macro, th- there's nothing uh, to turn your nose up at. It was, especially the final 10 minutes of the game, it was, it was stress-free. I was not worried about it. And you had a lot of great individual performances from guys. Now, that's not all it was. Um, because the final score, I don't think, tells the entire story. It was an extremely frustrating first half. Um, and and I, I, I do think it uh, showed some of the weaknesses that this team has. Now, I know Mason both over at K-State Online, uh, he, he brought this up in a press conference Jerome Tank didn't like it, talking about the uh, basketball intelligence of this team, the basketball IQ. You, you know, I, I, I don't want to like call a bunch of these guys dumb because I don't think they are dumb. I, but I do think there is a little bit lacking of situational awareness. And, and, it, and it showed, it showed uh, out in that game uh, versus West Virginia in the first half. Fouling four times on three-pointers. Um, just as unacceptable. Now, one of them was obvious. The other three I thought were weak. But the very first one was weak. And when that happens, you have to understand the way that the refs are going to call the game. And you have to make the adjustments. They didn't do it in the first half. Luckily, they did in the second half. Um, there was the David Gasson uh, dead ball technical uh, for shoving a West Virginia player out of the way. Again, It was weak, but you can't be putting your forearm into someone's neck and pushing away. Again, would I have called it? No. If it would have happened against K-State, would I have been pissed if they didn't call it? No. But again, you you have to be smarter than that. You can't be doing something dumb like that because, uh, look, we we were down two points at halftime despite shooting 60% from the field. Um, it, it, it really was a one of the more frustrating first halves because at, at the buzzer, you, you say to yourself, we should be up 10. This should be uh, not even close. But putting them on the free throw line, letting battle go off, just some of these small, stupid little things really led to a frustrating half of basketball. Now, where I want to give a ton of credit to uh, the entire coaching staff and then to Cam Carter as well, they were able to fix all of those issues on defense. They were able to stay hot on offense. They were able to make the adjustments with how the referees were calling the game. They didn't make any stupid mistakes in that second half. And that that led to what? It was 16, 17-point uh, you know, second half victory. So you outplayed them by 16, 17 points. Uh, got 14-point victory. Um, so I guess it would have been 16 points. Uh, you have to give so much credit to that because in, in college basketball, I, I think some of my biggest frustrations 
um, as a K-State fan over my entire time watching college basketball or if you have a wager, if you're rooting for something, is the lack of adjustments at halftime uh, when you know how the referees are calling the game, when you know how the other team is going to attack you on either side of the ball. And if you don't make those adjustments, you're just stuck there pulling your hair out. Jerome Tang, Yurik Malagy, Dream Dowling, Rodney Perry, Marco Bourne, the entire coaching staff were able to lock in, make those adjustments, and get things going. Now, I think we still had, I think, a couple minute drought. Uh, and this team is prone to you know the four or five minute field goal drought. Who isn't? That's just college basketball. Uh, it's frustrating when it's your team, and, and sure enough, it happens probably once or twice a game, um, and that sucks. But hey, I, our, our, the defense has been well good enough that they force those as well. Um, but but the adjustments in the second half on defense. Uh, to, to account for the way they're playing uh, w- was special and what is deserving of a lot of praise. So uh, I, I want to give a, a lot of credit to this basketball team and the basketball staff. And look, winning on the road is tough. Uh, you know, you have to deal with that long flight out there. You have to deal with the opposing crowd. You have to deal with playing in a gym. You're going to play in, you know, two, three times in your career if you were to play at K State for all four years um, in West Virginia. And you're able to get things done versus a team you should beat uh, and take care of business. I think the line, opening line, or the closing line, excuse me, was K State by one. And you were able to blow that out. I mean, just look at our friends in Lawrence, Kansas. They flew down to another bad team in Central Florida, and they lost. Winning on the road is tough. That's why every single one of them uh, that that you can get, you got to take advantage of. And, and that's what exactly what K-State did. Uh, and and I'm, I'm super pumped about it. Um, you, you saw all 11 guys play. Uh, Dorian Finister really was the only one who played more than nine minutes, though. So it seems like the rotation really has been settled in on. Um, I'm a little nervous. Again, I keep bringing it up. uh, But recovery, rest, and conditioning is so important for this team. uh, Because if you're going to consistently have all the starters playing over 28 minutes, you got Perry playing 38, Carter playing 37. These guys have to take care of themselves. They have to make sure everything... Uh, you know, outside of the lines is taken care of because, uh, again, uh, we'll talk about Dorian Finister here in a bit, but it, it doesn't seem like there's a ton of confidence in any of the true freshmen. Uh, Drell Colbert, again, he had some fun blocks, a couple rebounds when he's out there. Doesn't seem like there's a lot of trust with him. Again, Day Day Ames, his minutes continue to, to fall. Same with Buddy Rich. First time we saw RJ. Uh, you know, and, and close to a month at this point. Um, so it, it, it really does come down to the starting five taking care of their bodies, making sure that they're getting the rest and rehabilitation taken care of, but keeping your conditioning up at the same time. So um, it, it's a little concerning in a game that you play all 11 guys, but you still have every single starter up over 28 minutes. Um, but I believe in this training staff and I believe in this team and, uh, I'm really happy that they're sitting at two and oh, uh, we'll, we'll talk about the individual performances before we look at the Texas tech game here coming up. The guy I want to start with is David Gasson. Look, uh, 17 points, seven of eight from the field, three of three from uh, free throw, seven rebounds, two blocks. He continues to be the guy that is raising the ceiling of this team. Uh, and, and it's really encouraging. Uh, you know, it starts back in the Nebraska game, and, and I was ready to kick him off the team. It, it, it was uh, just everyone was bad that game. It wasn't just David Gasson, but. Um, when you're getting out-rebounded like that, it, it really does come down on uh, some of those big guys. But since then, he, he's taken off. And any positive caveat, and again, I'm not trying to say, hey, don't be excited, because I am pumped, folks. I am pumped with the performances that we've had uh, since that Nebraska game. Um, the caveat with all the positive is, again, look, I don't think UCF or West Virginia are good at all. 
Um, I think we're about to get two of our biggest tests of the year. Um, especially when you look at it, USC, sh- fo- they, no F words. They suck. Miami, they lost to Louisville. They're no good. Nebraska, I mean, when it's all said and done, maybe Nebraska was our best non-con team. You know, they just beat Purdue. You know, Villanova and Providence, you know, those wins. Hey, hopefully they, they do well in the Big East and those look like big wins. Uh, but this this road test in Lubbock and this game versus Baylor uh, at home on Tuesday, these are massive games. Uh, so can David Gasson keep it up? But I want to celebrate what he has been able to do. Um, he's raising the ceiling. He's protecting the floor, and he's found his game, and he's playing to it. I think maybe an element of David Gasson early was him trying to figure out, hey, what he can really do. Um, We haven't seen him chuck up a three in a while. We've seen him really owning things at the rim, you know, with those back cuts, having those good hands so you can catch a bounce pass in traffic and get right back up on the rim. The offensive rebounds, he's improved tenfold from the free throw uh, line. Um, These are the type of things that we need David to do. And when you have guys like Tyler Perry and Cam Carter who can score, but they're also look they're also more than capable of getting a pass. Uh, defenses are going to have to have to play for that again. It's not the extreme that Marquise Noel was, but at the same time, uh, you know you're not going to get hit right in between the eyes with a no look pass. You probably have a better idea if the ball's going to be coming to you. But when you have those type of guys, when you have a guy like Arthur Kaluma who can attack the rim and then allows you to crash it, try to get that offensive rebound and easy putback. Um, David Gasson knows his role, and he knows, hey, if I play my role and I play it well, I'm going to get a handful of shots every single game right at the rim. I'm going to get a handful of dunk opportunities right at the rim. I'm going to get a putback or two. And you can see the sort of stat line that he has. Um, so I'm so pleased with what he's been able to do. And if he can keep it up, that's going to be absolutely massive. Uh, going to Cam Carter, who had the uh, you know team high and game high with 23 points, four assists, a block, and a rebound. Um, what really allowed this game to become a blowout wasn't necessarily his scoring, but what he was able to do in the second half uh, versus Raekwon Battle on the defensive side uh, for for us on defense. Again, Raekwon went off in the in the first half. Um, you didn't see a ton of Cam on him. There's a lot of switching, uh, but Cam was on him quite a bit in that second half. And I think Raekwon Battle only had three points in the second half. And a lot of that, I think, you have to give credit to Cam Carter and him stepping up on defense. Um, I shout out to Justin. He he probably isn't going to listen to this. Uh, Baller status cat on Twitter. He is such a big proponent of Cam's defense, um, and, and it is it is a very, I mean, it might be the biggest plus in his game, despite him being amongst the top five scorers in the Big 12. If he can lock in on defense, that takes everything to another level. Now, Jerome Tang has said it a million times, hey, we need Cam to be a scorer, we need him to be a bucket, and Cam has answered. Uh, like I mentioned, the 23 points was the game high. Um, not great from three. I mean, one of six from three. That was not good. That is bad. That is very bad. That's what, like 12%, something like that. Um, yeah, 12. Oh, gosh. All my math teachers are probably pissed. Yeah, we'll, we'll call it 12%, whatever. Um, or 11%. No, 12%. Ah, jeez. This is embarrassing. Whatever it was, whatever it was from three, it it's not good, you know, it's not good, um, and the 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 good part about Cam's game, and I had to get out my calculator, sixteen point six six. Oh, I'm such an idiot. I'm such an idiot. I apologize, everyone. Um, the the good part about his game is he's not going to let that get him down. Now you, you if you want K State to talk about beating teams like Baylor, going on the road versus Texas Tech, uh, beating KU, you know, not getting blown out versus Houston, you're going to need that three point percentage from him to be better. Uh, but he's turning into a violent dunker. 
He's able to get to the rim. He's very good in transition. Then he's forcing the team to either, again, this is what we talked about with Arthur Kaluma uh, with that UCF game. He's forcing them to either give him a layup or foul him. And he got to the line. He was a perfect 10 of 10 from the free throw line when he gets there. And, and that's that's awesome. If he can continue to force the effort, if he can continue to get to the free throw line, if he can continue to execute at the rim, um, that is going to be great. Now, again, a lot of those were good three-point shots. You're going to need more of those to fall. You know, if he puts down, you know, a second one, uh, or, or a third one, we're talking about how how elite he is from three. Again, that, that's kind of the, um, you know, that, that that's the fun part about uh, basketball. And, and I understand, and, and I came to this realization thinking about Tyler Perry. And again, Tyler Perry, horrible from three again. We'll talk about it. But again, uh, when, when you're talking about a sample size of six shots, all of a sudden making just two of those, all of a sudden we're saying, all right, hey, 33%, not great, but hey, you know, we're happy with it. You hit that third one, boom, 50% from three. You know, two of those that rim out, if they fall through, we're having it. We're having a different conversation. Um, so we know Cam's able to do it. We're going to need some of those to fall in the next two games. But uh, he, he truly is becoming the alpha, and we need him to continue to be that guy. Another nice game from Arthur Kluma, and, and I do think that he is now found – his role. Um, I, 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 I feel like we are kind of getting to a point, um, and I should have, instead of getting rid of the F word, I probably should have uh, you know, said that we're going to get rid of the word kind of or kind of you know, when doing this podcast, but you know, maybe 2025. Um, if you look at his game log, he is now consistently giving you 17, 14, 14, 11 was that Wichita State game. Eight, uh, that's the Nebraska. But 17, 26, 12, 20, 20, 18, 18, 12, 6. He has become, and I think he probably has been the most consistent guy. Again, he doesn't have, outside of that Villanova game, uh, doesn't have a massive blow up like we, we've seen Cam Carter do a couple times. But he is going to consistently get you double figures. He's going to shoot, you know, what, around 40% or better from, I mean, he's shooting 45% from the field. Um, hit a couple threes. Honestly, he's, he's kind of, he is the guy. I'm going to get mad at myself every time I say kind of uh, from here on out. Um, he is the guy I feel most confident in shooting an uncontested uh, point shot, which makes his 0 of 5 versus Nebraska. Looking back on that, just haunt me even more. I need to stop. I need to stop thinking about that game. Um, you know, w- one of three versus UCF wasn't great. One of four versus Ch- Chicago said maybe I'm just kind of getting in my own head now. Um, he's still the guy that I feel the best getting the ball and allowing something to happen. Now, he, he sometimes makes uh, his own shot a little bit tougher um, where he pump fakes, drives into traffic, and tries to do a two-point jump shot. I know Jimmy hates it when that happens. Uh, bad analytics on that one. Uh, but I feel confident when I see Arthur Kaluma get the ball in the uh, flow of the offense. He's also, again, the Eurostep king, the way he is able to maneuver. I guarantee there are old white men in their 70s watching Big 12 basketball who are livid every time they see K-State play because of what Arthur Kaluma is able to do uh, with his pivot foot, with the Euro step. His body control really is second to none. Um, so again, he had another great game, four of six from the field, two of three from three. Um, I, I Like I said, I, I've said it a couple times, I would like him to be a little bit more aggressive uh, and take the game by the horns, but as Tyler Perry, as Cam Carter, uh, still continue to be decent to good distributors, um, the game can come to him. He he can work into the offense and the flow of the offense. Um, but I, I think highly enough of him that I really would like to see him get a little bit more aggressive. I think uh, in the Texas Tech game or the Baylor game, 
if we're going to pull off either of those upsets, I think it is going to, it's not going to be just on his shoulders, but I think having a big game, uh, you know, having a game where he's aggressive and where he maybe for a five minute stretch says, hey, I'm going to take this over uh, and get seven points in a five-minute stretch or eight points in a five-minute stretch or score on three or four uh, possessions back-to-back-to-back, he's capable of that. And I think sometimes we need that uh, aggressive mentality. Again, I said I want Cam to be that alpha. Um, I I think that's the problem with Cam, with Arthur, and with Tyler Perry. I don't think there is that guy who says, all right, we're in a drought, give me the ball, I'm going to make something happen. You had two of those last year in Keontae and Marquise. Again, those are two All-Americans. I'm not trying to put that level of expectation on these three guys. Um, All three of those guys, though, have the talent, especially Arthur Kaluma, have the talent where they can say, give me the ball, let me take over, let me get us buckets on these back-to-back possessions. But I don't think either of those three guys truly have that mentality. Um, so we'll see if that develops. I, I do think we're going to need that from Arthur Kaluma if we're going to pull off either one of these upsets. Um, but we'll see what happens. Um, Perry, I, I, I touched on it earlier. Sadly, he, he followed up that great game versus UCF going 1 of 6 from the field. Or 1 of 6 from 3. 0 of 2 at the rim from 2. He, he hit a couple foul shots. Um, I don't know. We, we, we were so high. We were riding that high wave with Tyler Perry uh, after the UCF game. I'm trying my best not to come crashing down. Um, But I I think we are just going to have to accept uh, that this is just what Tyler Perry is going to be. Um, The level of consistency, the level of, uh, you know, you knew exactly what you are going to get from him as a shooter, game in, game out, at North Texas. Um, You know, I I just don't think we're going to get that version. I think we're going to see a lot of feast or famine. And as long as he puts in a shift on defense, as long as he's uh, still putting in effort there, he had five assists. Um, So if he's setting others up, you can live with it. I would like to see him get to the free throw line a little bit more. That helps his efficiency numbers, obviously helps the team as well. Um, But I think this is just kind of going to be the Kansas State University version of of Tyler Perry, a lot of feast or famine for him, um, and, and I think it just kind of is what it is. Uh, and there it is, another kind of. Um, but I, I think the Texas Tech game at, in Lubbock, going up against his former head coach and Grant McCaslin, um, I do think he is the type of player who will. I mean, he, if you look back at, at his history. Um, one of the best players in um, the conference tournament, one of the best players in the NIT, one of the best players in a lot of those you know, Thanksgiving tournaments. I think he really enjoys the bright lights, and I think that challenge of going up against his former head coach, I, I'm, if, if, if you force me to, I would bet that Perry's going to have a good game. He's going to shoot you know, between 35 to 40% from three, end up with 18, 19 points. You know, that's the game I'm hoping for, and that's the game I think we're going to get versus Texas Tech. Uh, So if that's the case, what will he look like versus Baylor? You know, we're going to have to wait and see. Um, Will McNair, the final final starter um, we haven't touched about, um, he went perfect from the field, 2 of 4 from the charity stripe. He was able to exploit a good matchup inside. I'm not sure how many of those games there will be. Um, maybe when we go down, I don't think, actually, I don't think we play um, UCF. Um, Edwards for uh, West Virginia is probably going to be back when they come to Bramlage, so he probably won't have that easy of a time. But I'm happy to see him exploit that uh, matchup. Again, he's going to be a matchup problem for some of these schools uh, who maybe only have one traditional center on their uh, team and when they're not in there, Will McNair's able to post up. He's able to have a traditional back to bucket uh, game. His hands are good enough that he can take some of those passes and put them up. Uh, so 12 points, nine rebounds. 
again, I if you were to put a gun to my head, I probably would have told you Will McNair wasn't going to have any game anywhere close to that uh, versus Power 5 competition. And now he's done it a couple times. So uh, I'm pleased with that. Wrapping up my player takeaways with Dorian Finister. Um, again, I mentioned it earlier. Um, are, are we getting a little ahead of ourselves hyping up Dorian? Uh, six points on three dunks, 22 minutes. Um, I, I mean, I think it's safe to say I was wrong about him because I didn't think he'd ever have you know two back-to-back games like this. Um, we're going to see what he can give you versus Texas Tech. We're going to see what he can give you versus Baylor. Um, I don't love that he's the first guard coming off the bench. Hell, he's the first player coming off the bench. The only guy in this game uh, who played more than nine minutes off the bench. Um can he carry it all the way through uh, the conference play? Can he give you even more? Uh, as Jerome Tang said in his uh, press conference on Thursday, he's now on the scouting report. So how are other teams going to respond to saying, hey, you know, you can't leave the back door open. This kid can catch a pass and dunk a ball. So we're going to see what happens there. I'm not going to get too ahead of myself, but it, but it is fun to see uh, you know him make those contributions. It would be great. It, it would be great if if this is what he became in next year. He could be you know a legitimate eight points a game off the bench uh, from the guard spot. That would be absolutely awesome. And I think that says a lot about the development of Coach Tang and the staff. And, and I think guys like Day Day Ames. I think guys like RJ. I think guys like Buddy Rich should look and see what Dorian's doing and say, hey. If I buy in, if I if I really go all in on development, these guys can take my game to that level, and they're starting at a higher spot than Dorian was. I think that's easy and safe to say. Um, but if they can improve, if they can make that you know year one to year two jump, I mean, what's it going to look like for those three guys? Um, so I think that's an encouraging sign for the future of the program. All right, uh, the next two games, again, we're staring down the barrel of a game, uh, two games where um, it's going to be uphill sledding. Uh, I think Ken Palm has uh, both games like between 25-35% win probability, not very high. ESPN, that's like 25% um, at Texas Tech, 48% in Bramlage. So, again, we're not going to be the favorite in either one of these games. Uh and, and getting one of them would be massive. The the psychological difference um, between three and one and two and two is just absolutely insane. Being able to grab one of these games um, w- would set me up. So I'm thinking, all right, what seed is this team going to be in the NCAA tournament versus, okay, bubble watch, are we going to make it in? Um, it's probably insane to have that much uh, built up on, on on one game or both games, whatever. Um, but but being able to go into Lubbock and grab grab a win, or being able to take down Baylor for the third straight time, uh, getting them in Bramlage, uh, that 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 would be a resume win. Both of these would be quad one wins, and those are the type of wins we need to stack together to feel safe. Come Selection Sunday. Um, how's Tang going to uh, fare versus uh, you know, another guy off of the Scott Drew tree? Again, 2-0 versus uh, Scott Drew. 1-0 against Paul Mills. Can he go 1-0 against Grant McCaslin? Um, we're going to see. I, I'm personally shocked to see Texas Tech playing the way they are. Um, I did not think they were going to be good. I thought they were going to be around a 500-type team. Uh, you know, they took some early losses, but they've bounced back and, and been nails really ever since. And they're playing with much more pace. They're scoring the ball far more than I anticipated in a Grant McCaslin-type team. If you guys recall, if you go back a, a year and a half, he was my number one guy for a long time um, before uh, it sounded like it, it wasn't going to happen. Um, he, he was my number one guy on the board for a long time. His teams play good defense. Uh, they played with a super slow pace, and that's kind of why uh, Texas Tech fans were a little uppity. They weren't all about that hire early on. And I think we're seeing that, you know, Grant McCaslin 
wins games. He is a winner. And I, I don't think it's a mistake that Scott Drew and two of his longtime assistants are the two are the three programs that started 2-0. As much as I think folks kind of dislike Scott Drew, um, he's a winner. He, he's figured things out. I, I think that what he's been able to do at Baylor is even more impressive than what Bill Self has done at KU. Uh, thinking about what he inherited in the history around Baylor basketball and what he's turned them into. Now this coaching tree, uh, again, I, I, I think you could make a very real argument that Scott Drew um, is the best coach in all of college basketball um, when you take all of that stuff into account. So uh, we'll see how, how he fares. Um, Joe Toussaint, everyone remembers that saga originally uh, committing to K-State, allegedly. Uh, There's no uh, announcement, but we had the Tang signals. There was reporting that Joe Toussaint um, committed to K-State. Texas Tech came in, said, hey, no, don't do it. We have more NIL here. Come here. What will pay you more? Um, Jerome Tang said, hey, we're not going to play that game. Um, so Joe Toussaint, the number two scorer, um, Pop Isaac's uh, leading scorer. Uh, not gonna touch. I'm not gonna touch some of the stuff going on uh, with him. You can Google it if if that's what you want. Um, both those guys shooting over thirty percent. Uh, they got a handful of other guys who are scoring between seven and ten. Um, if you could lock down one of those guys, if you could hold Toussaint or Isaac's to six or seven points, I think that's going to be a recipe for getting a win. Um, I think you're going to need uh, 15 plus from Cam, from Arthur, from Tyler Perry. Hopefully, uh, David Gasson can stay hot. Again, I don't think it'll be as easy for him inside versus Texas Tech uh, as he's been able to versus uh, UCF and West Virginia. Um, but I, I think, I think, this team is capable of turning into a battle. Um, if you were going to make me predict, I, I, I would, I would, I wouldn't predict K State to win this one. Um, but I think it can be tight. I, I think, I think the the recipe for this game is not allowing their crowd to get into it. Um, at their best, I, I, I think if you, I think if you take all the Big Twelve fan bases in it, I think if you take all the Big 12 venues at their absolute peak. I think Texas Tech is right there with Iowa State uh, battling for third best uh, atmosphere in the conference. Um, you know, everyone thinks they have the best. Um, as much as I, I hate hate it, uh, KU at their best is probably up there. Number one, I think Bramlage at its best. Number two, I think I would take... Um, Texas Tech in the United Supermarket Arena or whatever they call it. Uh, three, Hilton at four, again, all at its best. I don't know if their students are in town. I don't know uh, what's going on, uh, but it's a Saturday game in Lubbock. Uh, so if you can prevent big runs, if you can prevent the crowd from getting super into the game, and if you can make it tight in the last six minutes. K-State has a ton of experience this year battling in close games. So if you can keep it tight, if you can keep it to a one possession game at the under four uh, timeout, I think I, I think that's the recipe uh, for getting this done. I don't think uh, this is going to be a, I, I don't think there's, if you're playing out scenarios of the games, I don't see this being, uh, you know, a comfortable victory for K-State. Um, I think that it most likely is going to be a tight game going either way. Uh, I do see a scenario where Texas Tech can, can stretch it out. Again, it's tough to win on the road. Texas Tech far more talented. They're a far better team than I anticipated uh, happening this year. Um, but but it should be an entertaining game. 3 p.m. ESPN2. Um, it should be a good one. Uh, and, and we'll talk about it on Sunday, and, and we'll start looking at the uh, Baylor game as well. Uh, I mean, heck, <laughs> I mean, look, if you do win that one and then all of a sudden you have Baylor coming into town three and Oh, uh, the students are back in town. I know it's going to be just bitterly cold on that Tuesday. Uh, but it, I mean, 
it could be pretty doomy. It, it could be pretty doomy if they can if they can get this win. I still think there's some tickets available, but I, I think it'll feel like the octagon of doom on Tuesday if they can pull this one off. So if you want to talk about what's at stake beyond just NCAA tournament stuff, or even you know being able to tweet top of the twelve having a laugh, um, that game versus Baylor on Tuesday it could be. It could be the real deal. It, it could be, you know, chills up your spine if you if you pull off the upset in Lubbock on Saturday. So, a lot of fun stuff. Um, you know, whether you're going to the game on Tuesday uh, versus Baylor or the women's game on Saturday, 1 p.m. versus Texas. We're going to talk about the women here in a second. You need to stop at Manhattan Brewing Company before the game. I, I know tip-offs at, at 1, get in there right when they open at 11, get a couple pints, get a couple four-packs, get a couple crowlers to go, uh, and, and then head to Bramlage before that game versus Texas, the number 10-ranked Texas Longhorns. But Manhattan Brewing Company is the best. Look, they're sticking with us all through basketball season. Uh, we're, we're talking about maybe a maybe a little fun show. Me and the boys from Manhattan Brewing Company pairing some beers with something else. Not going to be Pop Tarts again. If you haven't watched that, go to the Ten Twelve Network Facebook or uh, YouTube page. Watch Philip Slavin, myself, and the three owners of Manhattan Brewing Company pairing beers with Pop Tarts. But we got something cooking up uh, here in either late February or March. So be on the lookout for that. But Manhattan Brewing Company is where it's at. Again, uh, on Twitter, th- there was a, a Twitter thread about all the different places in Johnson County where uh, you can find uh, their beers, Gomer's Total Wine. Again, be polite. Talk to whoever the craft beer buyer is at your local liquor store. Tell them you'd like some Manhattan Brewing Company. And they're, they want to sell you the beer. So they're going to make it happen. So shout out to Manhattan Brewing Company. Can't wait to get in there. Um, all right, uh, K-State women, they're tied with Iowa State, uh, who, who honestly had a, had a less than stellar non-conference season, but tied with Iowa State after Baylor got blown out by the previously winless in-conference play uh, Kansas Jayhawks. So it is K-State and Iowa State alone at the top of the Big 12. Uh, Baylor and Oklahoma coming into Wednesday were part of that. K-State uh, dominates Oklahoma. And again, it was dicey in the first quarter, and Oklahoma tried to make it a game in, in the fourth. Um, but but what, another 15-point victory, holding another team under 60 points, and it's K-State and Iowa State. It's a little bit of Farmageddon at the top of the Big 12 going into uh, game day number five uh, versus Texas. Uh, before we talk about that, um, uh Aoka Lee, 19 points. And, and again, a lot of it came late. Again, I, I'm not going to say she dominated from start to end. But when they had to start pressuring the ball, when Oklahoma had to start pressuring the ball, and when Oklahoma got to the point where, okay, we can't dedicate three defenders to Aoka Lee, she put up 10 points in the final quarter and, and showed why she put 61 up on them a couple winters ago. She is so efficient. She is so deadly at the rim. And the fun part about this team is if you're you're going to try to take Aoka Lee out of this game, if you're going to put three defenders on her, guess what? Gabby Gregory, 13. Jalen Glenn, 11. Serena Sundell, 16 with seven assists. Walker coming off the bench, former Kansas Gatorade Player of the Year coming off the bench, redshirt freshman, 13 points. If you're going to try to take Aoka Lee out of the game, there are scores all around. Now, again, it was a slow first half. And, you know, things can get cold from outside. But you have girls who can go to women. You have women who can go to the rim, create their own shot, Gabby Gregory, especially lethal from three. Serena Sundell, lethal from three. And they play defense. Again, it's cute, you know, the idea, oh, you know, gap goat, all this type of stuff. And again, if that if that gives them the motivation, awesome. But this is one of the best defensive teams in the country. 
They've only given up more than 60 like twice all season. Go look at how Oklahoma had been scoring coming into this game, keeping them under 60. Guys, this team is for real. This team is for real. If you can, I know it's going to be cold, but as Jeff Mitty says, it's going to be nice 72 degrees inside Bramlage. Get out there. Game's at 1 p.m. There's still tickets available. If you can't, the game is on ESPNU. Make sure you watch them. But they are good. They are very good. And this team is capable of going after that Big 12 title. This team should be hosting the first two rounds in Bramlage Coliseum. They are worth investing your time in. They're worth investing your dollars in, especially if you're in the Manhattan area. They are worth the price of admission. They are entertaining. They have charisma. They play a fun brand of basketball. They have stars all over the team. This could be the greatest K-State women's basketball team we have ever seen. I truly believe that. So I, I, I think you I think you should. Again, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I, I can recommend stuff. Uh, so if I'm coming off as preachy, I apologize. That is not my intention. But I think they're worth watching. I always have a blast watching them. Uh, I'm going to be trying to get out to the game on Saturday. Had some stuff come up. Uh, so my original plans of 100% being there. It's in flux. It's up in the air a little bit. I'm going to try to get there. Um if not, I will be watching uh, from home, and I'm pumped. If they can take down Texas, that gives them a little bit of breathing room uh, when they go to Baylor later in the month. I believe they should be able to take care of TCU in Kansas. Um, so when they travel down to Waco later this month, it gives you a little bit of breathing room. It would allow for a possible slip-up, but still controlling your own destiny. In February, you're going down to Austin. You get two with uh, Iowa State as well. So again, it's going to be a jam-packed uh, winter for the women. Uh, and, and I believe, I truly do believe that they have what it takes to bring home another Big 12 title to Manhattan. So uh, I'll be dialed in. Uh, if they can get this win, again, all, all the strife about where they're ranked, they get this win. I have a hard time seeing the, the voters keeping them out of the top 10, uh, and this team deserves it. So uh, tune in or get to Bramlage, 1 p.m., ESPNU, or at the arena, uh, and make it happen. Make it happen. All right, we're going to end with some K-State football news. Again, not a lot of stuff going on. Uh, I waited to record this um, because I think we are going to be getting enough news or some good news here hopefully soon. I I I was anticipating it today. I was thinking maybe on Thursday. Um, At the end of the day, I I I do believe it's coming. I've heard it uh, enough places um, where I feel okay saying this, it, it sounds like Dante Cephas from uh, Penn State, a wide receiver, uh, I believe K-State is going to get his commitment. Now he had Pittsburgh, uh, who was his hometown team, UCLA and some others going after him. Um, he's ranked as the number 63 best player in the portal. Uh, according to On3, one of the top 10 remaining players uncommitted in the portal. Um, he was with Coach Middleton, uh, Matthew Middleton, wide receiver coach. Uh, he came from Kent State. Cephas was at Kent State with Middleton. And in his sophomore and junior year, he had 130 receptions, 12 touchdowns, 1,984 yards, and he did that in 23 games. This is the real deal. This is a guy, and it would be a graduate senior, his COVID senior, so his final season of eligibility. But he is a real deal wide receiver. And if you add that weapon with what we've seen from Jace Brown and what he could develop in with another true development cycle, spring, summer, fall, when you get hopefully a Keegan Johnson who is healthy and you're able to take some of that pressure off of his shoulders and you add another guy to the roster, to that wide receiver room who has the history with Matthew Middleton, uh, it's only going to continue to make you daydream and get excited about an offense uh, that Avery Johnson is going to be leading here in eight months or so. I'm pumped about it. 
Uh, again, I, I, I believe it's close to a done deal, if not a done deal. Um, but this this is a massive get for K-State. It's a massive get for Chris Kleiman, Matthew Middleton, Taylor Bratt, Chuck Lilly, everyone, Connor Riley, Matt Wells. Uh, it, it would be a massive get. So if you get this one over the finish line, get them in uh, for winter workouts, get ready for spring. Again, it takes the uh, ceiling for this wide receiver room up another notch. Now, I think they're still going to be looking for another wide receiver. I would like to see another nose guard to give you that flexibility of bumping Banks and Alcorn Crowder out. Uh, to be, uh, you, you have your you know lunch meat, you have your bread, you have your cheese, you have everything that you need to get through lunches for the week. But hey, we're gonna spice it up. You know, we're we're, we're gonna go get that garlic spread. We're gonna go get that balsamic glaze. You're going to be spicing everything up. Everything becomes a luxury after you get that wide receiver in the room. So I'm pumped about it. I hope you guys are too. Uh, That's all we have. We'll be back on Monday. Uh, I don't know if next week, we'll we'll talk about it more on Monday. I don't know if it's going to be a two episode or three episode week. Um, It might be a Monday, Thursday week instead of a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or it might be a Monday, Friday um, I'll keep you guys in the loop. It'll depend if I'm going to be able to get out to uh, Bramlage for the K-State Baylor game. It's going to depend on uh, if a couple uh, guests that I have, if they're going to fall through or not. So stay tuned on that. But we will be back Monday. We're going to have at least two shows every week all the way through basketball season. Going to be shooting for three. So stay tuned on that one. Uh, but that's all we have. Again, if you're working through any uh, resolutions, any changes, anything you're trying to do for the new year, stick with it. I believe in you. Uh, keep it going. Uh, again, if you can, at least consider getting out to the women's game, 1 p.m., tickets starting at 10 bucks. taking on number 10 Texas. It, honestly, it was a feisty crowd. It was a feisty crowd for that Oklahoma game. So if you can get out there, at least consider it. If not, 1 p.m. ESPNU, then the men, 3 p.m. on ESPN2 down in Lubbock. Nice little doubleheader for you. Uh, so, so, yeah, that's all we have. Uh, for Chauncey, the best dog in the world. My name's Scott McFarlane. I, I truly mean it when I say it. We love you guys and go cats. It's time to get set for the cat attack. You can feel the excitement. You can feel it coming on for Kansas State. Feelings growing strong. You can join in the action. This is where you wanna be with Kansas State. Come on, set your spirit free. Kansas State, our pride is with the cats. Kansas State, come on, join the cat attack. Kansas State, excitement's in the air. Kansas State, the fun is being there. Podcast Network.